I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words, and yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you! So, hopefully you've heard that before. Uh, I'm Taylor Powers. Over there is Deanne Tetzel. And we are Easy Bean Green. And today's topic is a bit of a heavier one um, because of the the UN's climate summit and what's kind of been brought to light and Greta Thunberg's very uh, striking speech that kind of has hit the world with a big, big slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you've seen it like Taylor's saying. Um, if not, I recommend that you watch her speech. Yeah. You'll hear that clip that we just played along with her entire speech, which um, she's been um, a climate activist, I think, for a few years now. So in from Sweden. And that's that's what she's doing. She's a student still, but she is an activist. That's what she's put her life's work into at this point at the ripe old age of 16. <laughs> I know. Um, and I mean, it's it's such a kind of I don't know, hot hot button, because there's so many young people, you know, just because this specific speech went viral and everybody has been watching it and talking about it. You know, she was there last year. She gave a speech. There are kids there every year giving speeches just like it. But I think the you can really see the emotion coming through her and and the seriousness of it. And um, I don't know. It's just it was just overpowering. And her direct approach. And if you watch it or if you have watched it, you'll see that she's she's very um, well-spoken and mm-hmm. she is passionate, but she's direct. And oh, and she's so knowledgeable. Like everything <coughs> she said is is spot on. You mm-hmm. know, she really kind of gets into the science of it, too. The whole speech is four and a half minutes long. Um, and she, she tells it how it is in very, you know. People think that climate change is is so confusing and and there's this and that, but she just kind of breaks it down into very simple terms. Like this is this is the CO two levels that we're at, and we're not doing anything spectacular that's going to get that down to the goals that we've made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. She she really speaks from her heart. Um, in preparing for this, I was looking at some of the information, the the reports, and the mm-hmm. um, articles that have been written after the climate summit and um, the UN Secretary General um, Antonio Guterres um, is saying, you know, we're losing the race. He said mm-hmm. the, the race against climate change, we're losing it. And we've talked about this in here, but it's, it's an emergency is what he's saying at this point. And, um, you know, it's at the point that 
like we always say in here, we're not giving up hope and there are things that we can always keep doing. And that's mm-hmm. why we're having the climate summit. Um, that's why the climate, climate sum, summit is happening. But within that, some countries are, you know, working towards solutions and some aren't. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's the big polluters, the major polluters that aren't. And it's the developing countries that risk the most damage. Right. Um, that are trying to make changes. That's right. It's it's the most powerful countries, really, that do need to be stepping up right now. And they just they just aren't. And I think that's what Greta was really speaking to in her in her speech. So um, the United States did not have a, a speaking. So they did not request a slot to speak. Um, President Trump did unexpectedly drop in. Uh, to the General Assembly Hall with the vice president and um, the former New York York City mayor, Michael Bloomberg, who's now the special envoy for climate change for the United Nations, welcomed him and said, um, hopefully our discussions here will be useful for you when you formulate climate policy. And uh, apparently this was followed by laughter and applause. So, you know, we all know there. Yeah. Yeah. where he stands so yeah and china the other you know major polluter didn't even show up at all right um so kind of everything that was that happened there everything that was said there was almost overshadowed by the fact of these absentees of the major countries that, yeah, that, that are doing the that, most of the that didn't po- say a, a word that, that weren't even there exactly yeah. and and not only that but we're going backwards from the 2015 Paris Climate Accord where the United States was leading mm-hmm. other countries in you know. a lot of these efforts and of course we all know what has happened there but um, the Trump administration has rolled back tons and tons of environmental regulations that were supposed to be curbing greenhouse gas emissions mm-hmm. so it's 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 a sad thing, and I think this is what Greta was speaking to us very, very clearly and emphatically, and from the perspective of her generation, which mm-hmm. Taylor's saying it's not she's not the first young activist to be out there, but she's she's also posted on social media and gotten starting to get her word out there. Yeah, and because of social media, that's really what has made this take off. That you know, I feel like social media in general gets so much. Hatred because of its, you know, addictive tendencies and and other things. But in this case, it really does help spread awareness for a lot of great causes. Right. Um, And this is why I think climate change has become so um, it's been the world has been educated on it is because of social media, because a lot of people don't watch the news or read certain articles or journals, and they only get their news based off of social media. And so that's how they're finding out about these things. Exactly. And I was just thinking, you know, it's the talk around the water cooler in the office, right? Right. So you we learn a lot of things just by talking to our coworkers and friends and things mm-hmm. like that. But social media has amped that up to a whole new degree because yeah. people can, in their spare time or whatever, go and and see and with hashtags and things like that if you're looking for certain information you can search it and it's ready ready readily avail- available, available for you yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly um and the other thing that Greta's talking about is you know which is really sad which is the part that makes me almost want to cry is is that it's being put on young people children you know it's it's their lives that are 
at risk the most. I mean, at most, it's it's going to be the ve- developing country and the underserved. Like she said, you, you know, she's one of the lucky ones. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of the lucky ones, too. You're not the one that's at, you know, facing, you know, malnutrition and water scarcity mm-hmm. and all these other, you know, major, um, you know, life threateners. Right. That we haven't even gotten into yeah. on this podcast. We have really been speaking more to a mainstream um, audience yeah. in a lot of ways. But yeah, there it, we, it, you could go on and on and on. Um, it's And I think, you know, I read one of the things about Greta that she initially started, and I don't have this all um, verbatim, but after one of the hottest uh, summers in Sweden, where she is from, in 262 years. So it's... Um, it's becoming it's becoming an emergency, right? The number of um, I, another article I was reading talked about if emissions continue to rise at their current pace, um, the number of people that will need humanitarian aid just simply as a result of natural disasters could double by 2050. So that affects all of us, mm-hmm. whether you're in a socioeconomic, you know, socioeconomic higher standing or lower yeah. standing. Um, no one is is gets to escape those kinds of things so um it's it's a scary proposition that people are are we're having to prepare for the number of natural disasters that are occurring now in our country and that are now looking at doubling in you know yeah 20 to 25 years so um it's it's a scary thing and uh we have to just we have to start doing our part which is which all of us and and hopefully our leaders will start to do our part and i I think one of the things we can do is express our views and feelings to our elected officials right certainly yeah Yeah, because that's going to be what makes the biggest the biggest change i mean you can always do things in your day-to-day life the changes you can make but the big stuff is going to be trying to get these um trying to get laws changed and and change these goals and make them more real or not changing the goals to make them more realistic but changing the the repercussions right <laughs> to make you know corporate and global leaders really hold up to these standards right you know the 2015 Paris agreement um their goal is to hold the temperature rise to at least 2 degrees celsius um above the pre-industrial era and based on a new UN analysis, um, we would have to at least triple our commitments um, mm-hmm. to to be able to meet that. I which, was, yeah, it's. I was looking at that as well, and the World Meteorological Organization on Sunday um, released a report and saying. Looking at the five-year period between 2014 and 2019, it's the warmest five-year period on record. Um, the emissions are at record highs. Um, the emissions of carbon dioxide, the seas are rising. Um, the global temperature is 1.1 degrees higher than it was in the mid-19th century. And at this pace, it will be three degrees higher by the end of the century. So that's yeah. the report yeah, that, that just was released on Sunday. Yeah, And and then Antonio Guterres, the UN Secretary General, said, I won't be here, but my granddaughters yeah. will. Your grandchildren will. So a lot of what we're speaking to that that Greta is speaking to that it's it's these future generations mm-hmm. that we're we're dumping this this problem onto yeah it's like people are thinking oh well you know what i'm not going to be here i don't have to worry about it i'm going to live exactly how i want to live and you know they'll i figure it out yeah they'll figure it out i didn't have to i you know carry anything i'm 
I'm going to just live the way I've always lived. And and it's it's not fair. And that's why these children lodged a formal complaint under the UN Convention on the Rights of a Child. Right. Is because... It's actually beautiful. um, You know, their rights are being... They're being upheld. Yeah. Or they're they're not being upheld. Right. And, um, you know, the UNICEF... Hold on, I pulled something up. The UNICEF rights of a child, you know, 193 countries, I think, um, are included in this. And they have a whole list of all the different articles and exactly how they are being threatened by climate change and how it's affecting the rights of, of children and their, their health and their their right to um, their right to survival and development, their right to best interests of the child, the right to uh, sustaining conditions, health, social protection, standard of living, all these types of things are being threatened and continue to be threatened at the rate that climate change is moving because it affects the pollution in the air, which creates a lot of health problems. Um, and like I was saying, in, in developing countries, even more so, the rights are going to be mm-hmm. damaged. One of the um, a climate negotiator from France, Lawrence Tubiana, said that she's, she had heard at the climate, I, I, I'm just uh, summarizing this, but she, had, she said that several leaders said they had heard this message from young people in the streets. They'd mm-hmm. heard it. And, and they, they, she said, everyone said, oh, we hear you, she said. But then she said, but they are tone deaf. Yeah. So they're saying out of one side of their mouths that they're hearing yeah. these young people, mm-hmm. these young activists speaking up. Right. And, but apparently <laughs> they're hearing it, but they're not able to hear what it really means mm-hmm. and, then, and then do anything about it. And, yeah. and you know, it's, there's a lot tied to it. It is the money. It is the economies. It is all of those things. And yet none of those things are really going to matter if we... We kill our planet. I know. It's like maybe think about economic growth after we talk about um, getting the planet a little bit healthier to ensure that we're going to actually be there to see that economic growth. That's right. So it's it's a big old mess, isn't it? It's a big mess. And it's a heavy topic. But it's something that we can't um, avert our eyes to or um, pretend like isn't there anymore at this point Mm -hmm. and um i think i said in a when we first started this podcast that i remember when i first heard about global warming in the 80s and um it was scary to me then Mm -hmm. and here we are you know 30 some odd years later and um it's it is it's not only a fact and true as so many people have tried to say it for all of these years oh well you know global warming this whatever but it's alarmingly um amped up and happening mm-hmm. faster than I think we ever could have anticipated. Yeah. So, And I think a lot of people, they are blind to it. They just shut their eyes, they close their ears, they don't want to hear it, they don't want to accept it as reality. And it's, yes, it's an emergency, yes, it's threatening all of our lives, our planet, the ecosystem, but it's not it's not in your face. It's not like you see, you know, fire and burning buildings and, and you know, chaos so people don't go into emergency mode and they just think oh you know what that's that's just hearsay yeah and they you know just don't listen to it and pretend that it's not there and then all of a sudden it is going to be an in-your-face emergency 
you know, what I would say today, and we, we try to give tips on here, and we try to send you information and things that you can do as an individual. And I think, you know, as we've discussed this today, what I would say is educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Educate yourself as much as you can. Subscribe to some of this information from a news organization or whatever that you trust and um, and follow follow it and become an activist in any way that you can, mm-hmm. whether it's a little way or a big way. Yeah, <laughs> whether it's just talking to your friends and family and sharing that information that you learned or looking up events in your area, going to... Um, you know, green events or river cleanups or whatever it may be to to help, you know, get into the culture more and share, spend time with like-minded individuals and just get that, all of that education and knowledge just expanding. Exactly. I mean, you could be the person that's, that's sparking change like a Greta Thunberg, or you mm-hmm. could help sp- spark and ignite someone else to be yeah. that person. So yeah. that's that's what we can do. I was just thinking um, earlier today that because I, I was in our employee lounge and I had cleaned. I had um, unfortunately today I I had to go out to lunch, and so I went and got a salad and it came in a recyclable container. And so I was cleaning it out and I put it in the recycling bin, and I looked in the recycling bin. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Half a sandwich? Well, well, for (laughs) the most part, the recycling bin, and this is the big recycling bin in our employee lounge, for the most part, it was totally empty. But (laughs) there were napkins. There was, like, one little, like, there were probably two things that were recyclable in there. And the rest of it was all napkins and trash. And I was like, oh, man. And I was thinking, we should hold a company-wide recycling education just Mm -hmm you know, t- take the conference center and invite the entire building to come and learn how to recycle properly. Why bother having the recycling bin I if know. you're going to throw trash into it? Like we've talked about with the mm-hmm. pizza boxes and the re- all those things we've talked about on here. You have to be mindful about what you toss yeah. in there. Otherwise, it goes in the landfill. Yeah. So. And I did research our, we talked about researching your own recycling facility to see what's accepted. And ours is mixed recycling. So um, mm-hmm. everything but glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so it'd be, be nice if people knew that napkins weren't recyclable. Yeah. And we can start right here. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a little sidetracked, but that's just another initiative. Like everybody can, if you think about something like that and how to help spread the word and do your part and, you know, be inspired by Greta. Although it's, it's awful that these kids have this pressure. They're making change. Right. We see it because it's it's more emotional. It's heartbreaking. Yes. So hopefully it inspired you a little bit. And, you know, it makes you want to do a little bit more. And like we say in every episode, just one step at a time, everything mm-hmm. makes a difference. Don't That's lose right. hope. <laughs> Don't lose hope. Figure out what choice you can make today or tomorrow. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. <laughs>